I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul, but I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Where are you going this morning, my friends? Tell the world that you're going with truth. You're going with justice. You're going with goodness. And you will have an eternal companionship. And the world will look at you. And they will understand you. For your fiery furnace will be around you. But you go on anyhow. But if not, I will not bow. And God grant that we will never bow before the gods of evil. That was Martin Luther King Jr. and his sermon, But If Not, Mm. given at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Today we honor his legacy, and find hope deep within the archives of his sermon notes for truth that is just as relevant today as it was when MLK wrote them down, and it's even going to make your relationship better. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am Michael Smalley. And I am Amy Smalley. Man, he gets me fired up. Oh, man, he he does. And just the perseverance that he was talking about. And I, I don't think... I think as Christians or as Christ followers, sometimes we're scared away because of some of the hardships that we've seen, you know, disciples or what, you know, different, you know, MLK. I mean, he was martyred. I mean, you know, he was shot, killed, you know, assassinated, you know, and so we, it almost like shies us away from pushing forward, but he was, he had that that attitude that was in that, in that drive. And we've talked a lot about grit, but he also had a full life. And he think about the legacy of what he would have given up had he not pursued, had he not, you know, well, and we're going to, it was worth it. We're going to talk today on the show about maybe a lesser known sermon, yeah, but an experience, a very important one that is going to be overwhelmingly relative to your relationship now, we promise, because it was an experience he had sitting in his little kitchen, I think in Alabama, and he hadn't really started yet, and he really didn't know if he could do it. But we're going to get into this, and the lessons that come out of this man's life, and you know, some people, because I was researching this morning, and it's just funny how people still just they want to find something to tear down about and, somebody. And, and there always is. Frankly. And there always is. There there always is. And and that's that's But we're the not thing. going to focus on that. No, we are not gonna focus on that. Yeah. So okay, don't forget, go to smalleyinstitute.com. We have a brand new online experience that's called Get Your Relationship Back in Shape. It is totally done. That's what we did last week. Yep. And if you just go to smalleyinstitute.com, it's $2, and you get a whole bunch of lessons. Yes. So there's actually six, so there's the four that we did during the week, mm-hmm. but then there are two bonus ones, one on sex, Woo-hoo. then one for my father, and it's really good. It's come out really good, and actually, I've been really, I've appreciated your response so far. So those of you watching on Facebook and listening to the podcast, good. thank you for buying that thing. Yeah. We're going to be able to go out on a date February for Valentine's. 
So thank you guys. It, it actually means a lot. Yeah. So I know $2 isn't a lot of money, but it, it just felt like, you know, commit to it, go yes. through the thing. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Smalleyinstitute.com. Subscribe to the podcast, yeah. review, let us know how you feel and how we can be better. And just, you can always submit your questions. At? You want to read the number? Go for it. You're I do. 903-392-0975. Yes. Okay. That's and our hotline. That's our that's, Q&A that's hotline. That's the hotline. Now, the line for, let me see, Derek, let me see if I can get this one right. Oh, so, no. Smalley Institute. Yes, if they want so an if intensive. you need an intensive, it's 1-800-975-8746. Oh, no. Or eight? Yeah. Uh, that was so 1-800-975-8746. Did you just say 1-900? No, 1-800-975. It's not one of Remember those, those numbers. Those dirty numbers. That's not one of those numbers. 1-800-975-8748. Yes, ma'am. 8748. So if your relationship is in crisis, we have the Smalley Marriage Intensive Program that really works. We have eight locations around the country, one even in South Africa. So give that number a call. And all right, so today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yep. Kids don't have school. Hey, I think David went to school today. I think he might have. That yeah. is hilarious. He came home and was like, oh, yeah. Ah, he totally drove to school like a loser. <laughs> well, sorry, David. If we were better parents. <laughs> so it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He is one of my one of my favorites. But do you know something? This I, So we're going to start the show now with some interesting facts about Martin Luther King Jr. Want to know what the first greatest school is fact ever? And I just found this out somehow. What? That's not his original name. Martin Luther? Look at the notes. What? Michael King (gasps) Jr. No, his name is Michael? Michael King Jr. He changed it to Martin because of Martin Luther. He had gone to Germany. Oh, I did not know that. He had gone to Germany. (gasps) Wow. So his original was Michael. He was a Michael. My narcissism. All the cool people are named Michael. Yeah, my narcissism (laughs) is raging. Like, what? I knew it. It just made sense. It's like Michael Michael, uh, King Jr., there's the Archangel Michael. And then there's the Michael who is a co host of the fastest growing marriage podcast (laughs) in the universe. With the name Smalley. Smalley on it, yeah. <laughs> Might be the only one. So that was really interesting. That's Michael very, King Jr. changed it go. to Martin. Uh, oh, well, his father was also Michael King, hence why Martin Luther yeah, why King Jr. Junior? was originally named Michael, Michael King Jr. Got it. However, after the trip, it was in 1931. Okay. Michael so, King okay. Sr. Okay. changed, so I'm sorry. It was his dad changed his own name oh, in homage the- to historic German theologian Martin Luther. Okay. So Michael King Jr. was two years old at the time. So did he change his, both of their names or something? Yes. Okay, so, so he really changed his ML, name. MLK cha- didn't change his name. His dad yes. changed his name, and then, okay. I have come out strong, his- messing up my interesting facts <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> Golly. I forgot I even copied it here. And all I ever had to do was read the dang notes. <laughs> and I tried to do it from memory. Oh, now, here's okay. another thing. Here's interesting fact number two. Okay. King Jr. skipped two grades in high school. Okay. He skipped ninth 
and then he skipped the 11th. He entered into college what? at Morehouse College at the tender age of 15. No. By 19, he received a bachelor's degree in sociology. Wow. I know. That's, wow. Yeah, a, a brilliant man and an orator. You know, He's, like, yeah. He had not great. Fair. Yes, he did. Not he fair at had all. just such an energy and presence. Now, Absolutely. do you remember? Our, don't look at the notes. Okay. Do you remember our honeymoon? Yes. And it was kind of rough. Yes. We fought a lot because we didn't. Yes. We didn't. We 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 moved quick. We yes. didn't date very long, and you yes. just ended a previous engagement, and we got married two weeks after you're supposed to marry the other guy. <laughs> so, shocker! I'm gonna argue. That MLK's honeymoon mm-hmm. was way better than ours. Better? Way better than ours. Better. And guess where they had to well, sleep? Well, it was better or worse? No, his was better. This is why I'm going to say, like, say ours it. is so bad. Do you know where they had to sleep on their honeymoon? No. A funeral parlor. Oh, wow. A friend of his I don't- owned it. Yeah. And that was all they could afford. And he said, no, nah, you can spend the night at my funeral parlor. I don't know. Yes, we had a better true. honeymoon than that. I don't know. We were we actually did go on a cruise. He didn't we leave stayed. the funeral parlor early. <laughs> a funeral I bet, parlor. I bet they only spent like one night. But I'm really confused. Where were they going to go after that? Why didn't they well, just honey, go to their apartment days, or something? In those days, if you traveled, it wasn't exactly the safest conditions well, I know for that. blacks. And so uh, I, when you were in a different town and trying to go somewhere, so they got you kind of had Why to Why wouldn't like, you just get married in your town where you feel safe did. and go back to your own house? I don't know. You're being negative. They, were, just they were in a funeral parlor and I'm still arguing it was better than ours. <laughs> I don't think so. And then here's the fourth interesting fact. And I really did like this one. King donated all of the $54,123 that he received for his Nobel Peace, Peace Prize Wow. One of the youngest people ever to get that. Now he got beat by that precious girl. Oh, she was oh, they tried to kill her and yeah, she's and 17, he, but yeah. he was he was the youngest until her. That's about four hundred thousand dollars in today's money, just wow. so you know. That's a lot of money to donate. And he okay. gave all of it to the civil rights movement. Oh. That shows well, a lot I mean, of character. Makes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Though, I mean, you know. Well, God but not everybody you. actually does it. No, no, you're right. But if you do win the Nobel Peace Prize, you probably, I almost wonder, like, did he really have a choice not to <laughs> donate it? I mean, MLK, well, I have all the respect in the choice. world. But, well, really, like, am I really going to win the Nobel Prize for Peace and be like, Daddy's getting a Porsche. <laughs> It's like that. It, like if it was well, the Nobel Prize for physics, you yeah, could keep true. the money. That's true. Yeah. The Nobel right. Prize for writing, keep I, the money. I mean, these for are peace. some interesting facts. I re- I really appreciate them. They actually really can. That's do you really like them? I really oh. do. Yeah. I couldn't that's tell all. if I was being mocked. No, no, that's good. Was that sarcasm? Although the funeral parlor thing, I'm that's sorry, true. That's a little on the lacking side. I mean, what do you not mean? that it's not an interesting fact, but to compare it to that it was that our oh. okay, that our honeymoon was worse I, than that. I was I doing that know. for effect. Okay, well, dramatic it's a impact. Slight exaggeration. 
exaggeration. I'm trying to we make. We were this... on a Norwegian cruise, I'm, uh, so yes, and it was to beautiful. like five different islands or something. So we I, did fight, but we actually. I mean, I see pictures with us, and there's no death around us. There was no death. <laughs> yeah, there weren't coffins. Oh, that was crazy. So that is here's crazy, the deal. Uh, from Soul Survivor by Philip Yancey. Uh, this is the story that we kind of wanted to hone in, and this was something he had shared in a sermon, and I tried my hardest this morning for two hours, but the sermon audio that's available, yeah, it cuts off at the end, so I wasn't able to get this actual audio clip, Yeah. so I'm going to read it for you, okay. and I will not. I was so tempted to try to... Yeah, you know, imitate or mimic how he preaches, and that I but know this would come is, across yeah, very this bad. This is amazing. I mean, like I cried yes. when he read this. So get get your Kleenex. So the, get the, it ready. The little known story that you might be, be unaware inspired. of is that it was kind of it was before it was before he really embraced the leadership of this civil rights movement. Okay, and in a sermon. MLK starts, he shares this kind of critical moment that apparently throughout his life, he would constantly go back to this moment for courage, inspiration, for hope. And this was a this was a pivotal moment in his life. So the scene, as he shares this in the sermon, is he's, you know, he's kind of starting to step up. And his dad was a very well-respected pastor in Atlanta. Huh. And so uh, he was just starting to kind of take shape of, am I going to do this? He's kind of a young married guy. They've had their first baby, little girl, and he's getting like 40 death threats a day. Wow. And he receives this phone call that uh, really disturbed him. And so this is where we pick it up. These are the words of Martin Luther King Jr. in a sermon about this pivotal moment, which I think can be for all of us. And I sat at that table thinking about that little girl and thinking about the fact that she could be taken away from me Mm. any minute. And I started thinking about a dedicated, devoted, and loyal wife who was Mm. over there asleep. And Mm. I got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore. I was weak. And I discovered then that religion had to become real to me. And I had to know God for myself. I, and I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I yeah. never will forget it. I prayed a prayer, and I prayed out loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. <laughs> I think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right. But Lord, I must confess that I'm weak mm. now. I'm faltering. I'm losing my courage. And it seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, Mm. stand up for righteousness. Wow. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you, even until the end of the world. I heard the voice of Jesus saying still to fight on. Mm. He promised, no, I love this. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never Mm. alone. No, never Never alone. alone. He promised promised never never to leave me Never to leave me alone. What? I got to wow. be better. I was preaching yesterday. 
Yeah. In Cypress, California, at Cypress Church, and I'm just going to admit, and if you were at the <laughs> sermon, uh, I kind of felt like I stunk up the joint. <laughs> I don't know what was off with me, low energy. It was a travel day. I had a very tight connection. <laughs> So I was freaking He's out always, about everything. Yeah. Travel days are always a little bit more high intense for you. I didn't but, have that. I should have just read one of his sermons. That, That's what I should yeah, have done. Yeah, you could have done that. And I would have been on I fire. mean, the idea of that, how do you stand up for justice, stand up for righteousness? When don't we all need to do that? We need to be able to stand. And standing sometimes is the hardest thing when opposition, when there's death threats, when there's things that... but. He goes back to that centering of that moment of that morning when he's uh, huddled over a cup of coffee and he's thinking about his daughter and he's thinking well, about his his and, wife. And I did a horrible job. So someone had just called his home at night oh. while his wife and baby girl are asleep. And and it's I won't say it over the air, but yeah, it, it was ugly. Like yeah. if you're not out of town in three days, yeah, we're gonna kill you and basically yeah. everybody you love. And then he, so that's why he's sitting at the table in his kitchen because he's like, what am I doing? Right. This is I'm insane. I'm risking the life of my daughter and my, yeah. and my wife. And yeah. I mean, that's real. And do that's, you know what yeah. happened three days later? Mm. A bomb exploded mm. on their front porch and it blew out the windows. No one was injured, but the smoke from that thing billowed into the house. And he wow. said, actually, um, I have it over here somewhere. He said, oh, I don't, I, why do I not have that? Well, he basically, in an interview at one point about that moment, said, three days earlier, I had a religious experience, and that's why I can handle this. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. And I, I mean, part what I want to highlight here on MLK Day is, like, let's have perspective on what our issues are. Yeah. Right? I mean... Yeah, we're not dealing... Yeah, people yeah. are not usually giving us death threats. No. <laughs> and so we do need perspective, right? I mean, I, I sometimes, especially when I'm teaching or speaking internationally or in uh, third world countries, you know, I'm like, I'm that not going to stand up here and talk about first world problems. Right. Right? Because we got first world complaints. And I think that also spreads into our relationships. We oh, have yeah. first world complaints about... Our, our lover, about our wife, about our husband, about our children. And it's like, yeah, really? Did a bomb go yeah. off on your front porch? <laughs> Was your dad assassinated? Well, and and I love, get, do you mind if I read this quote? Because I think it's Which really one? good. The very first one. Um, oh, well, no. Well, so set it up. Okay. What, go ahead. Well, so we have, how many do we have? I just hit the microphone. Very classy. We have five. five. So I found five quotes that can help transform our relationships. You well, can go for it. And this first one is about darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. There's sometimes when darkness has to be so dark that then light becomes so apparent. 
And sometimes when, you know, even in, I, I think about e- even in our relationships, when we are allowing ourselves or are allowing, you know, let's just say someone is doing, is going down a dark path. Sometimes the more, if you try to step in, to step in too soon and you try to rescue them from their own darkness, sometimes they don't see how dark it is. Yeah. And so I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I want to say, and truly, and sometimes the most loving thing that you can do for your spouse is release them. And release them into their own darkness. Release them. I mean, not that you want them to totally be, compo- you know, surrounded, you know, and and to fall into it. But being able to understand that they need to be able to understand their own darkness. Yeah. Well, they do. But here's the here's the trick: is the only kind of change worth happening, like worth having. Mm-hmm. So if you want to experience change and good change, mm-hmm. comes. From love, that's yeah. why. That's why he said we are not going to replace one tyranny right. with another one because right. then that's no good either. The only thing that can win out ultimately is love, and people are attracted to the light. They which are. is why, if you really desperately want that spouse to change, shut up, mm. zip it, and go. I love you, whether you ever change or not. I love you. You did that beautifully for twenty years over several issues, but especially the weight one. And we, that's how we change. It leads to the right kind of change. So mm-hmm. be the light for that person in your life that you might be frustrated with. Number two, do you want to keep reading or do you want me to um, read them? I've decided to stick to love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Yes. Wow. Walking in forgiveness is such an incredible freedom. Um, a lot of times we think that we, by by forgiving someone, then we're accepting what they are doing as is okay, and that's not true at all. But being able to to see, I know for me, if I don't forgive, there's a weight. And and when he talks about when he says hate is too great a burden to bear, that that it's a weight on your soul. It's a weight on the best of you. And so it's not that you have to buddy-buddy up and you have to excuse that behavior, but you do need to be able to recognize how it's impacting you. And if it's weighing you down, I always like to think about unforgiveness as like holding something over someone's head. And when you drop it, you you drop that weight. And you're helping yourself. Yes. Because you're not burdened by it. Walk in forgiveness. That's tough. The bitterness and anger and hate is a miserable Have you ever been around a really hateful person? They're not very fun to be around. No. Yeah, have I? They're not. Well, there's some people. Should we name various names (laughs) of people that we know? No, no, we shouldn't. No? No. Yeah, you're probably right. That'd be awkward. No, that would maybe be hateful. Yes, that would be. (laughs) That'd be bitter. I would not make MLK very proud. No. All right. My fellow Michael. All right, number three. Here's another quote from... MLK, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and Mm. convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. That wow. is my. That's you. That you is say me right something. Now. I mean, that's a very articulate way of what you say. So very. Const- thank you for saying you that. You say it constantly. No, that's I mean, you where, say that all the time. That's my point. I say this all the time, and he just says it so much better. <laughs> I really do need to get more educated. (laughs) No. No, but it's, look, this has been a huge theme for for me, I think Mm -hmm. for you, is 
you know, it's that word picture I have in my head now. Of it only matters, people, when it's difficult. Yeah, it's easy to love your grandma. It's yes. hard to love the person that is annoying you. And it freaking matters. And it, that's when God really takes notice. Because if you can't ever get it right in those moments that are difficult, then well, who do you believe in? Where exactly. is your strength coming from? Exactly. I mean, think of what they had to endure in the yeah, civil rights I, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's that's... extraordinary. So he had to, man, I think for him to get up in the morning, <laughs> he had to believe in this. That Yeah, he had to believe that what I he was do doing. It. You know what? That's actually a very important thing to think about. Even for us, you have to believe that your marriage is worth saving. You have to believe that your family is worth saving and worth the effort of providing the legacy because he knew what he was doing was not necessarily for even, I mean, the change was happening slowly. It was not happening quickly. So he was doing this for generations to come. And I think that we need to maybe think about that we're breaking a cycle of divorce. We're breaking the the pattern, maybe the family history of divorce. We're breaking that not just for ourselves, but we're doing it for our legacy. And that's sometimes what gets us up, puts our pants on, you know, gets us that strength to be able to say, God, through you, I feel called. And do you feel called in your marriage? A lot of times when people will use the excuse, well, you know, I I shouldn't, you know, I didn't feel like God was really, you know, I was disobedient or, you know, whatever. And God, God allowed, you know, right. God didn't really want me to be married to this person or whatever. And, and there's a part of me that I'm like, oh man, I, I, my heart just kind of breaks for them that they believe that. But then there's another part of me. I'm like, but what about your legacy? What are you teaching your children? What are you teaching? And it's not a, it's not a slam on people that are divorced because that's not because God's redemption and God's mercy and God's grace are renewed every single day. And I got my own stuff that I'm leaving a legacy that I need to, um, uh, you know, that I need to recognize that that I need to leave a legacy of, of of strength and power and mercy and forgiveness. And what does that look like? And it's not a it is about a divorce, but it's more about what does that divorce symbolize? Because if I'm going to be caught up in unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and all those things, then that's the legacy I'm, and that love has an expiration date and, you know, all those different things, being able to understand those things and, and try to, you know, make amends for those things. These are really important things. They are. And in listening to tons of, you know, clips and different things from, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermons are sermon archives. He talks a lot about the heart, mm-hmm. and we talk about this too. Yes, it's he, he and and there's this one that I was gonna play, and I just decided not to. But the essence was God is not judging you by these single mistakes mm. that you make, right? So we can even I said we're not gonna deal with any things. Yeah, he we know he wasn't perfect now. Yes. Okay, so. It's really interesting hearing him preach on this idea that God doesn't judge you on these individual things. He judges you. What's your heart? Mm. Get your heart right. So then because, your actions will follow. Yeah, your yeah. well, your actions will follow. But it 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 always meant like okay. So at the at the event I just did in Cypress, California, mm-hmm. um, they one of the questions. And it's so fascinating because it's like the number one post on our website 
someone submitted a question during the live event and asked, is oral sex okay? Mm-hmm. And this is my point, people. It ain't about oral sex. Oral sex is neither good or evil. It just is. We can use it for good or use it for evil. So it, the, that's not the, and so where I kind of got off on that. I got fired up on this, wow. like in a good way. But I was like, people, this is why our heart matters. Mm-hmm. So if I do anything with the intention to harm or out of selfishness, selfishness or pride, right. mm-hmm. narcissism, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so anything could be good or bad. It's what, what how do I use it? Right. I mean, like we'll have the pot conversation for two seconds. I have a very dear friend who has a very sick child. Oh. And had they allowed them at the very beginning Mm -hmm. to do the oil. There's like a there's an oil you can take. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't be on any of the anti seizure bench. She'd have she would have like forty a day seizures. Oh yeah. And she is precious. Now they can't get her off the seizure seizure meds because it would kill her. The side effects. Of, oh. of getting off of like the withdrawal symptoms mm-hmm. on oh. legal, legal, they can't stop. She has to, she'll always have to take that. But now they can use the mm-hmm. the, the marijuana oil, whatever it's called, HCG. I, you know, it's I don't not know. not that. But um, yeah, that definitely doesn't sound like the right <laughs> initials. The, the DIA, the uh, IAH. The, who knows what kind of oil it but is. It's, but it's helped. I, so, I like, my point is, pot's not evil, people. Frankly, none of the drugs are evil. It's the people that, that use are abusing it. For evil. it and absolutely, I yeah, so. I believe. You know what? And to keep, I, do you mind me going back to um, the even the oral sex thing? I know. I, know. I would love <laughs> to hear you talk about oral. <laughs> well, sex. Well, no, no, but uh, no, not necessarily about that, but oh. about the the sexual intimacy. I, I will say one of the things that Michael and I can, out of all the parts of our relationship, we can say that's actually been a fairly healthy piece of our marriage. What? Pretty consistently. Our sex life. Would you say that that's true? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm so, thinking for the first, I'm like, that's kind of I, I would say that, and can I just say one of the reasons? Is it bit, because I'm so like, talented in the bedroom? <laughs> it's because you're safe in the bedroom. Ooh. It's because you're trusting in the wow. bedroom. It's because you're, you're honoring and you don't um, demean or shame, and I don't demean or shame you. And so we're trustworthy in that if you present something to me and you talk to me about something, our hearts are always, I feel like nine times out of 10, well, even more than that, that like we- Like 9.5 times? Yeah, 9.5 times. Our hearts are in the right place with each other and we give each other the benefit of the doubt. We don't judge each other. And being able to to do that has led to a pretty healthy view for, for both of us, a pretty healthy view of our intimacy. There that, you go. So said it. over the weekend event, Cypress Church. Yes. Shout out. They're really cool. Pastor Mike. Another Michael. Another Michael. Sorry. Just realized. So I was, you know, I was answering that question. Yeah. And and I said, what's been so precious is you, you've tended to be more conservative sexually. Yes, yes. I tend to be more adventurous. Shocker. And over the years, I will say, hey, I just found out about this move. <laughs> what do you think? And your reactions are so adorable because you're usually like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Yes, that it would be new. <laughs> uh, thank you for asking. Can I, let me have a for a day or so to think about it. And you're trying to not, you're like trying not to freak out. You're like, ah! I, I imagine you in your head, you're like, don't 
Don't don't, don't, don't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> don't pass out. So number four. Oh my gosh, we're only on number four. Well, there's five. <laughs> I know. There is saying. some good in the worst of us and some evil in the uh, best of us. Oh. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. That's uh, good. Hey, and that's been a big theme for us. Yeah. Is that, and even recently, you know, we've been we we started getting locked in on what we wanted to change in the other person. Yes. And that's just miserable. So people, take a deep breath. Relax. Yes. Your spouse or that other person is both yeah. messed up and wonderful. And even, even the person that's really evil, there is something in them that is good. Well, I, I don't think Not evil. evil. Well, he says some evil in the best of us. I well, guess some, some evil is not like an evil person. Like That's true. I don't know. But there might be. I mean, you know, God's yeah. image is in there somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Just I just saying. don't know what good Stalin ever did or... I mean, I don't know. I know he Hitler might have loved his kids. Artist. I don't know. Maybe the art maybe, was Maybe he loved his kids. Yeah. Or I loved his wife. I highly doubt that. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> I was like, we need to get off of that subject <laughs> so quick. Do. Number five. And this, this is it. This this is the the pinnacle. This is the mountaintop this one. This is it. This is your favorite? It all comes down to this. Okay. Success in life, success in relationships comes down to this quote, and it's a long one. Okay. But this is why there are over 700 streets in the United States oh, of America called Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. This is why. Okay. Because this is kind of close back to that first point of love is the only thing mm-hmm. that changes that's worth changing, the, the results of the change. Yes. And so here we go. This is Martin right, Luther King. I'm take a step back. I'm ready. Let's now, there is a final reason I think that Jesus says, love your enemies. It is this, that love has within it a redemptive power. And there is a power there that eventually transforms individuals. Just keep being friendly to that person. Just keep loving them. And they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways in the beginning. They react with guilt feelings, and sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period, but just keep loving them. And by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. Wow. That's love, you see. It is redemptive. And this is why Jesus says love. There's something about love that builds up and is creative. There is something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. What? Oh my heavens. That was good. I'm this has been the big thing and you know and we will not name a name. For real, we won't name a name. <laughs> but we have a mutual friend that okay. had called me once. Okay. And said, "I feel like I'm being called to love my spouse unconditionally." And I remember vividly because I was I was driving in the mountains of Colorado and I agreed. And to watch someone love someone unconditionally who doesn't deserve, well, I guess we think that. Isn't that weird? Do you do you realize God never says we that person, don't deserve it, love? Like that but person we do all the time. That person doesn't deserve to be loved. God never yeah, said that. Yeah, you're right. That. God never said that. We do that constantly. You're right. Wow. Because justice would thing. say that there's certain things. I mean, like the justice of the world would say you deserve this punishment. You deserve yeah. whatever. Okay. Consequences. Wow. 
God doesn't. God doesn't say that. I mean, right. we deserve Everybody. death, but he gave us Christ, so we have an option. That's right. And so I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm okay. not going to say this person's spouse didn't deserve <laughs> they did. the love because, yeah, they do. They do. You deserve to be loved. Absolutely. Now, there are times when people are not being very nice, and it makes it difficult to love. Yes. But love them anyways. And then Your they enemy, an intervention. By the way, here, are you looking at me? Yes. I'm her enemy. What? She's my enemy. We're your enemy if you're watching and bored by now. <laughs> the enemy, Christ, because yeah, I got into this too. Because oh. I grew up with this verse, I, I, you know, a child of the 80s. I always love your enemies. I went straight to communists yeah. and Russia. Yeah, no. Right? Today, it feels like people go to terrorists. Okay, do you really think Christ no. wasted oh, yeah. breath yeah. to go, hey, yeah, you no. know that person you'll no. never run into? That's love them. Love them. No, it's your spouse, your children. It's, it's your the family, people that irritate you. It's your neighbors, the people that are hard to love. Your yes. jerky boss. Yes, those are our enemies. And if we really want to have an impact, we need an impact and change worth living in. Love them anyways. and live in freedom. Yeah, love, love them it. anyways. So that I don't have good. anything else to say. I thought that I was have completely awesome. Run out. I thought that was awesome. I love. Celebrating MLK Day and in this way and in a way that we we, t- we had some really cool stuff. We learned some new stuff about. Yeah, him. guess what that oil is. Stuff. Thank you, Facebook Live watchers. What is it's the- CBD oil. Oh, CBD. Oh, I, I yeah. Definitely See, C-B- not H H E G. H E B oil. No, that's a grocery store. HGTV. It's not that. That's Can that's I- the home shopping. Or no, that's the home and garden. You know television. how we have. We have viewers that are pretty consistent. Yes. And one would be Kirsten. Uh, actually, her husband, Hank, is watching, I think, for oh, the first time awesome. ever. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Cadillac comes uh, on pretty yeah, frequently. Yeah, yeah. I want to start calling our frequent viewers on Facebook Live. Can they just be correspondents? <laughs> they, oh, that's that kind of what they are. Would you, you guys give fantastic would you feedback. be correspondents? Yeah. So our correspondent from Staten Island, Kirsten Wakey, <laughs> said, Our demonstration of maturity in Christ shows during trials and challenges. Yeah. That's yeah. why it matters. That's why, That's it why matters. you love them unconditionally, because that tells people that person knows Jesus. And and if they don't know who Jesus is, they go, why are you doing that? And you go, because I love Jesus. <laughs> I love it. 